Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Big K Morning Show. We welcome uh, Marty's wife, Christine, with us in studio this hour. Larry Richard with Mr. Marty Griffin and KDK TV anchor woman, Christine. And we're trying to find Christine it's a, a headphone, a headset so she can hear the doctor. So we'll get we'll, we'll get you connected here. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, we do have Dr. John Williams from UPMC Children's Hospital with us. Doc, good morning. Good morning. And Christine has brought this issue to us. So, Christine, tell us uh, about what you heard of the new study. Yeah, what's so fascinating is that, you know, as I just remember being pregnant, you're so afraid to put anything in your body Um, Because, you know, you want to protect your infant. But the thing is, this new study from UPMC Children's Hospital where they tested, uh, uh, you know, they studied the women at Children's Hospital among several other hospitals. They found that it makes a dramatic difference if pregnant women get the flu vaccine in order for them uh, to avoid having to be hospitalized as a pregnant woman or as an infant. Doc? Yeah, I, you know, Christine said it perfectly. I think a lot of people, and just to be clear, this was a study at seven children's hospitals across the country. We are one of those only seven. Uh, These are seven of the biggest children's hospitals in the country. Marion Michaels leads it here with me, and it was led by our colleagues, Leila Sani and Julie Boom in Texas. I think this is under a lot of people's radar. For the baby, everybody knows about older adults and flu, you know, our grandparents, our parents. What people, most people don't realize, the group of humans with the second highest hospitalization after those old people, it's babies under six months. And those babies, people have tried, well, gosh, why can't we just give those little babies the flu vaccine? They just don't respond well to it. Their immune system is just too immature. So, You know, the way we protect those young babies against whooping cough or tetanus is by vaccinating the mother. It's also an issue for the mothers, although any pregnant mother thinks more about her baby than herself. But flu is very severe in pregnant women. Last year in America, of all the women of what we people call, you know, childbearing age, 15 to 49 or so, All women that age hospitalized with flu, half of them were pregnant. Like that's how much of a risk, you know, being pregnant is when you get the flu. So the mom's protecting herself, too. And Christine is right. Any, you know, pregnant mother, you you know, she's thinking about coffee, tea, you know, food additives, everything. And I think that's understandable, although, honestly, there's not that much that medicine has found is really bad for the baby. Mother's body does a really good job at protecting that baby. 
But and the, I know you said that the flu vaccine has been around a long time. So you know that there's not going to be anything weird that's going to come up, I don't know, 40 years from now, that's going to be some strange long-term effect. Is that right? That's exactly right. I think you always have to go with, you know, what you know and what you don't know. And flu vaccine has basically been unchanged for, you know, nearly 50 years, for decades. Uh, we've been using the same killed flu vaccine. There's a couple of different flavors of it, but what most people get, what most of us get, is the killed flu vaccine. And there's, you know, decades of experience showing that it's, you know, safe in pregnant mothers and doesn't affect them or their baby. And it prevents this severe disease in the mothers and the baby. So to learn more, Doc, uh, where can people find details on this study? So the study was published in uh, a journal called JAMA, J-A-M-A, Pediatrics. Uh, this is one of the top pediatric journals. I think we may have a link to it. You know what? On... I'm going to put a link to it on my website, um, on kdka.com slash kidsburg and kidsburg.org. And I'm going to have more with Dr. Williams on a story this afternoon on KDKA TV News at 4 and 5 as well. Wonderful, wonderful. I mean, this is a huge thing. The, the vac vaccination of the mother especially in the third trimester, um, reduce the hospitalizations of those young infants by half, a little more than half. That's, and that's huge. The thing. If, we're talking... if moms knew they could help prevent their infant from going in the hospital as just a three to six month old, I mean, that's terrifying. I think moms would do it if they knew how big of a difference this could make. I think that's exactly right. You know, I, I use as an example, whooping cough. We're pretty good about getting pregnant mothers the whooping cough or pertussis vaccine. All the severe disease from whooping cough pertussis, like the kids who are hospitalized or even die, which happens in this country every year, they're kids who are under two months and whose mother was not vaccinated. And I've personally seen that in my career as I have with flu. And so it's, it's just, you know, tetanus, we're really good about getting pregnant mothers tetanus in this country. So we don't see neonatal tetanus. Lots of other countries around the world still do. Dr. But John, we, we appreciate your time and we'll look forward to the story on KDK TV this afternoon. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Dr. Williams with uh, Children's Hospital. Of course, they do an amazing job here. And what time? Uh, should we tune in for that? Yeah, check in at 4 and 5, and I'll, it'll be on kdka.com slash kidsburg and kidsburg.org. And you can also get that link for more information. Big K Morning Show, Larry Richard, Marty Griffin, and Christine, Marty's wife, in studio with us for the 9 o'clock hour. I understand uh, you had a journey on Monday to go up to Penn State, check it out for your daughter, Chloe. Yeah, we had a great trip. We really did. It was a wonderful. The School of Hospitality Management oh. there is one of the best in the country. It's actually one of the oldest, too. It was really interesting to learn all about the cool things they do there. And Marty said the only issue was the snow glare drive on the way up on Ooh. Route 22. I'd never seen that kind of glare. It was like the sun was hitting our windshield at the exact right time and angle, and literally... We couldn't see 10 feet in front of us. It, nine, was, it was frightening. 9,000 accidents a year from, from that, sun from glare. That. Right. And then what did uh, Jim Clare, the ultimate driving guy, say yeah. about fog? 36,000. Wow. 
accidents due to fog. I, mean, I believe it. We didn't really know what to do. Well, did Jimmy Clara say what you're supposed to do if you hit sun glare like well, that? Well, we did slow down. Actually, yeah. exit if you can, but we didn't do that. But we, I, I was looking for the traffic coming up, up on us. And well, and we saw an accident on 376, which I'm guessing was probably from sun glare because it was the exact same spot we did. And it looked like the woman may have veered out of her lane a little bit, but which you could see. You couldn't see anything. You couldn't see the lines on the road. It was crazy. That said, you made it to State College, and how was the visit? That You've been up there before, right? Right. We. I was just looking back at our pictures. It was March when we went with Sophia because she'd gotten in, and she'd kind of narrowed it down to Pitt, Penn State, and Ohio State, and we'd never visited Penn State before, and that was my first time. I loved it. I mean, <laughs> I thought it was amazing. So um, when Chloe started talking about maybe having an interest in event planning or something travel-related, and we realized that this School of Hospitality and Management at um, Penn State was one of the best in the country, I thought, let's go before the kids are out. You know, we, we got to meet with a student. We got to meet with a career placement advisor in the school. And they were amazing. I mean, it's nice to have a small school within the larger school because it is such a big over big school. It can feel, I think, a little overwhelming sometimes. And Chloe's a junior? Yes. Okay, yes. so she's got t- a little time. She does. But, you know, I mean, the applications open August 1st for wow. Penn State. And, you to know, the earlier you campus. get in, the right. better. The earlier you get your application and the better of a chance you have. So basically, you're doing that application this summer. I mean, so I figured if we want to see the school before the kids let out, they're out in April and we want to go. She had a day off school yesterday, so that's why we did that yesterday. Meanwhile, Kidsburg, what do you got going on uh, this weekend? It's the last weekend of the month already. It's hard to believe. Yeah, there's a lot of fun things going on. Um, First of all, there is a really fun Lego, International Lego Day coming up, and it's a Totally free event with the Steel City Lug. And I get, I love this, this YouTuber named Johnny Builds. He's going to try and set a world record for speed building. But there's going to be all kind of fun things for kids with scavenger hunts and build challenges. And then there's a free circus class. A, a clown is going to be teaching kids the basics of clowning, juggling, plate spinning, improv theater. That's free, too. It's at the Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh. And, you know, I heard you guys talking yesterday uh, with Ron about the um, AI. and right. Ron we Layton, a, yeah, Ron Layton, secret service agent for four presidents and a cyber expert. Yeah, and I we have a really interesting article on kidsburg.org about AI in the classroom. And I just thought it was so interesting because, you know, I think a lot of parents and teachers want to just say, oh, this is horrible for the kids. You know, we just need to ignore it and make sure it doesn't enter our school. But there's a lot of philosophy around that changing, saying, you know what, the kids already know about this. We can't ignore it. So they're actually teaching the teachers how to use it in a way where the kids can learn how to use something like ChatGPT because they already are. <laughs> right. So how can we teach them to use it in a positive way? And how can teachers change their assignments so that the kids aren't able to use it for just, you know, They're to do their homework? on the cutting edge of technology anyway. You're right. So you, you can't pretend it doesn't no, exist. And- no. So one example I thought was really interesting in this was, say a teacher would normally assign, okay, I want you to do a report on Abraham Lincoln. Tell me what were his accomplishments? What is he known for? What? Well, okay. So then instead of having them do that 
report they maybe used to do, they'd say, okay, in class, we're going to have ChatGPT write our report for us on Abraham Lincoln. So boom, five, what, 10 seconds. Here's our report on Abraham Lincoln, right? right? Now, I want you in class to change this to a first person report as if you're Abraham Lincoln. So you're going to rewrite the ChatGPT report as if you're Abraham Lincoln. And that's something that they're going to learn from and that they can't have ChatGPT just write for them. That's an interesting take because you can't pretend it's not here. Right. And it's going for good and it's going for evil. Exactly. And you better learn about it. Ignoring it is not going to help. And one of the concerns is the kids will just not learn as much. They'll cheat by just, to your point, saying, hey, write me a paper that I had to... You know, and in 10 seconds, your homework's yeah. done Yeah, when when it would take potentially hours to do. For sure. With research. And, you know, there's ways it could help the teachers, um, you know, f- be more efficient with what they're doing with creating their classwork, too. So I think there's ways it can be used for positive good in the classroom. And, I, you know, teachers are figuring that all out right now and teaching each other. This AI... The deep fakes, oh, that's both scary. Audio and visuals, yeah, are pretty amazing. It's that, it's unbelievable. And Marty and I were talking about in this election year. It's already happened. Where the reason we brought this up yesterday with Ron Layton, the cyber expert, is the fact that people were getting calls they thought were robocalls from President Biden, but but it wasn't him. So the messaging, yeah, can be directed and potentially change people's votes both ways. It's, it's unbelievable. How do you know? How it's happening already. Yeah, it really is. And we have an update from Marty Griffin on the shooting at the South Side that occurred uh, just after midnight last night. Yeah, uh, the shooting, the way it went down is like this, and this is how it's being investigated by police. It's actually kind of extraordinary what happened. And cops are so damn lucky um, they weren't hit by gunfire. So... They get a shots fired call at 1.40 a.m., Larry. Shot spotter, this technology that shows them where gunshots coming from. It's been very helpful to them. They get to this house on Huron Street, 1300 block of Huron Street. Um, There's a guy, a white male, young guy in his 20s, on the street standing at the back of his car with the trunk open. He has weapons in there, taser in there. Um, the actor was at gunpoint by the officers at 148. Something happened between 148 and 150 um, because the actor was compliant, according to police, at uh, 149 a.m. They shot him at 150 a.m. and and he he died on his way to the hospital. Um, Again, these things are all coming together right now. County police have taken over the investigation. The officer has been on the force four years. Uh, He's highly regarded, highly trained. We will not release his name for obvious reasons. His father is also in law enforcement with another department. He was uh, he was at the scene. And um, I'm told several different things uh, by officers at the scene that this guy had guns and that he started to turn and point them at the officers and, and they, they fired and shot and killed him. Um, I'm also told he had several weapons. Uh, they ran a warrant, search warrant on the house. I'm told they found uh, Axom cameras, which is, we don't know what that is. They're police body cameras, official equipment. 
Yeah, that's a brand name. I guess of so. The type of camera. It's AXION, I believe. I, oh, I see. And, um, and you're saying the person in the house had those types yes, of cameras, the suspect, according to this report. Yeah. Which they're trying to piece this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm told they found shell casings on the roof of the house. So the possibility he was shooting from the roof when the shot spotter was notified. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, I'm also told that um, that they believe that this is what they call, and this is a term they use, this is not my term, suicide by cop, they call mm-hmm. this. And by the way, it's relatively calm, and it's it's very unsettling and upsetting. There have been stories around the country, and I've been at many of these scenes where a man, a woman, someone in an unstable state comes rushing out of a house with a spoon, let's say, with a uh, a knife, let's say, with a screwdriver, let's say, and it's dark, and they're rushing at cops, and it looks like a gun, and they shoot that person because they think it's a gun. And they want police to kill them because they want. And and again, these are terms that cops use, not my terms. They want to go out in a blaze of glory and they want a significant amount of attention for it. Uh, It's a horrific thing to think about. And and again, this is the initial phase of the investigation. I'm told the police chief was down at the scene. I'm told commanders were at the scene. Uh, They were there all night. I do not know if they're still at the scene today, but they conducted a search of this uh, young man's house. Um, checking on his background right now, his criminal history, nothing comes back yet, but I don't, I don't know the rest of that. But very difficult, uh, very difficult. And, and this could have had a horrific ending, by the way, because this person had a significant number of weapons. I'm also told uh, the initial check when they got into the house that this young man had police shooting videos playing on television or on televisions uh what that means what the significance of that is i do not know but all of it as we all know is very unsettling and as soon as we hear more uh, we will let you know it's the dangerous right life of police work it's the dangerous life of being cops they have a moment to make a decision this gun this gentleman was young man was heavily armed uh, must have been troubled as we're hearing initially and quite frankly, cops have no time to react if a man is holding a weapon or reaches for a weapon and he's in his mind thinking, I'm going to shoot a police officer if I can. Wow. So that's where we're at right now. A lot a lot of this, as you can see, is under investigation yeah. right now and very fluid, as Developing, we like to hear and say. Yeah. But that's where we're at right now. Well, thanks for the update, Marty. And uh, <sighs> your link to the police force, that's very powerful and Sounds like a very atypical situation. That said, 24 hours from now, we will have Mayor Ganey in studio, and we can talk to uh, the mayor about his first two years in office. And Yes, he's going to be here tomorrow morning. Yeah, and we appreciate him and his willingness to come in and, and talk about our city. What time is it? Nine tomorrow? Yeah, there? nine yeah. o'clock. So just uh, right after, yeah, 24 hours from nine o'clock. We'll have Mayor Ed Ganey in the studio. Hey, on a positive note, uh, after this break, I want want to talk about life in general and something really charming, kind of magical, adorable, and bonding that happened in our family this week with our daughter, Sophia, who's at Pitt, and her mom. It's actually very cute stuff, and we see this in a lot of families, and it's really kind of special. Let's get into that. Coming up next on the Big K Morning Show, I always joke that 
you're a half person from everybody in Pittsburgh. If, no matter where you go, you're going to find some connection. There's a connection of a different kind here for Christine and your oldest daughter, Sophia. Yeah. Who's a freshman at the University of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. She's um, She's been going through the rush process, sorority rush. She Aww. really wasn't sure she wanted to do it at first. When she was looking at school, she wanted to go to school where... You know, you didn't kind of have to do it if you wanted to enjoy the school. And it's not, you know, overpowering at Pitt. But I think that um, based on her experience the first semester, she realized she's met some really great girls and great friends. But I think she kind of wanted to expand her circle a little bit more. So she did rush and she had a great experience, loved it. And I'm super excited because she is joining the sorority I was in. That's adorable. (laughs) Which is honestly, I did not push it. I swear to you, I did not push Sorry. My sorority. Come on, man. What is the, for those that don't know, what is the rush for to pledge a sorority? Yeah, what rush is, is basically a lot of different, I guess you, for lack of a better term, call it parties or get togethers where the girls who are interested in being sororities meet girls who are in each sorority they visit all. I think there were 11 of them. Um, and then you kind of narrow it down where the girls who are rushies, you'd say, uh, you know, put in a computer program which ones they like then the sororities put which girls they like and some algorithm spits out like kind of in the end as it narrows down more i didn't more. realize it was that scientific same larry i have no idea to, you're right ma'am no as idea to which one you're in yeah and your sorority was or is tri delta tri delta yes yes Mark. but you know what i loved why she liked it so much she said the girls were very genuine they really seemed like they had great friendships. And I think what solidified it was the last night. Um, she'd been meeting um, a lot of different girls, but there was one girl she, you know, reconnected with at each um, party or event. And that girl hand wrote a little letter to her saying how much she enjoyed meeting Sophia, all the great things about her and why they wanted her to be a part of this and why they thought she'd fit in with this sisterhood. And she said she got all choked up. It was so Aww. nice of her you know, just to hear that about herself. And um, I don't know. That's just what I liked about the sorority was I, really my closest friends were in the sorority just because I met people who I had a lot of connections with. I loved having a big sister who kind of watched out for me. In many cases, lifetime relationships. Oh, yeah. I'm still good friends with them. And look at Marty, who was at the Indiana branch campus in Wilmington. Good to you. He, he was part of the Tappacaga Brew. Yeah, fraternity. <laughs> According to his stories, we called it "bong hit you." <laughs> Did you rush please, a, a please. fraternity? Oh man, I didn't have to pay for my friends. That was cool. <laughs> See, <laughs> he gives he gives it a bad name, but <laughs> well, Samantha, were you in a? No, no, no. Hold on. I think this is wonderful. I was not a frat guy, N- not my thing. Kind of an outlier, as you know, Larry. But this has been magical and magnificent, and. As we all know, on a campus of, what is it, 25,000 people? Yeah. You can get lost, brother. You can get lost. This is kind of cool. And for for comparison, by the way, Penn State rushes 2,000 girls for sororities. Wow. Yeah, this group was, I think, about 600. Four. Okay. She said 600. Yeah. And there's 40 in her um, class, her new class at the Tridelt. Um, so it's a big group, but that's great. She'll Samantha, a lot of you went to IUP. Did you uh, rush a sorority at all? No, I did not. It was definitely not my scene. Okay. But my sister did it, Pitt, and she loved it. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I was kind of astounded because we had no idea. They don't have houses per se, but within the dorms, 
They have these beautiful, well, describe it, honey. Yeah, I was surprised because they have what's called sorority suites, which they have one whole dorm and each floor, a different sorority has a different floor. Um, and I thought it'd just be like dorms, but actually it literally looks like a gorgeous house nice. within. There's a beautiful family room, like as nice as our family room in our house, a big kitchen, a big dining area. So it does have kind of the feel of a house. But to be honest, the advantage is you're right in the center of campus. So I was excited about it for the housing reason, um, in addition to, you know, being part of the sorority. Yeah, and up at Penn State, I remember uh, my brother was in a fraternity those, that big fraternity oh, room with those beautiful old We just house. drove by them yesterday yes. or Tuesday, Monday. Pretty awesome. All right. Yeah, but it, actually at Penn State, they're also in the dorms, the sororities. There was some old Pennsylvania law, right. apparently, that yeah. did right. not allow women to have houses. Right. We were told on the tour that it's because they were considered brothels true back again. in the day. No, that, yep. What? Um, that's true. Yep. So they still don't have houses, but you know what? At Pitt, we're excited. Uh, this is going to work out no, perfectly, that's, hopefully. Um, that's, that's true. I never right. knew that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, check <laughs> Dr. John Williams, Children's Hospital, and the story about pregnant women, concerns about getting flu vaccines and uh, some pretty dramatic results that'll be yeah kdka uh, tv today at four and five and also at kdka.com slash kidsburg and kidsburg.org is there like a secret handshake for the tri-delts there is okay. i can't remember it though she's gonna have to reteach that okay. to me <laughs> good to see you christine you too we'll see you on tv